Welcome to the Amplify to Seven Figures podcast, where we look inside the mind of seven-figure entrepreneurs to see how they amplify their business and amplify their life. Let's welcome today's guest. Today's guest has been an industry influencer in the real estate sector for over a decade. She's an Amazon book bestseller, two comma club winner, funnel builder, award-winning speaker, and is passionate about helping SME businesses grow. She founded Agent Rainmaker Network in 2016 and since then has been on a mission to transform SME brick and mortar businesses, taking them online and teaching techniques for growth to help them rebuild their business model for profit. Her superpower is being able to identify the one or two tweaks that are there to unlock an extra 100K in revenue for her clients. Her business growth strategies have helped thousands of business owners and between the 34 high-level mentee clients, over 23 million pounds in additional revenue has been generated over just the last two years. Her continual belief is business should be fun, rewarding and exciting, but also profitable which then allows the business owners to do more and serve more to those around them. Please give a very warm welcome to today's guest, Sally Lawson. So Sally, welcome to the show. It's great to have you on the Amplify Seacom, uh, Amplified 7 Figures show today. I wanted to really jump in straight away with that 23 million that you've helped your high ticket clients generate. So you say a lot of the time there's only two or three tweaks away from generating that significant extra amount of revenue. How do you know really what those tweaks are? Well, I think there's a, there's a few common denominators. I mean, my market totally is, is dealing with real estate agents here in the UK. So it's all about squeezing the juice and, and changing how they view their business. So I'd say one of the biggest changes for everybody is in all of us, in any business, no matter what industry you're in, is mindset. And if you have the attitude, I have a little saying, actually, Paul, if it's okay to share, I have a little saying that there there is an excuse to excuse every problem. And it's like, well, you know, I I can't lose weight because it just doesn't work. No, you just eat too much. You know, we can't, um, you know, I can't make any more money. I've tried everything. No, you haven't. You haven't tried everything. You've just tried everything that you know about. There's an excuse to excuse every problem that we have. And what I find in our industry, there's so many excuses that they attach to myths. And it, it sort of stops them from taking that action and moving forward. So the mindset is really powerful. If you believe you know, that there's more out there, you will keep looking and keep searching until you find that thing that makes the difference. But they don't because they'd say to themselves, I've tried everything, Paul. I've tried everything. It's just there's nothing else I can do. It's just that's it. Well, how come then when we made this little tweak over here, they added 100,000. And when we made that little tweak over there, they added half a million. And when Sue made that little tweak over there, she added 4 million to a business. Because when I first met Sue, Sue had been trading 20 years. And she said to me, Sally, I've tried everything. I can't do any more. I've done this. Four million pounds she's added to her business since she opened her mind that potentially there was more out there. So the few little tweaks are quite often number one is opening your mind that perhaps there is more you could do. You could get more out there if you actually start to make those changes. And that's got to be the biggest one. So quite often it is a very small tweak and it, it starts from between the ears and what's going on up here. Uh, I, I like that and I, I 100% agree with it. I, and it's really interesting to know what what would you say is the 
the first step, right? Because I know you've done live events and things like that, where sometimes I imagine there's quite a lot of focus on mindset and and that that growth there. How do people actually make that initial shift, right? To to go, okay, I can see that's possible. Is it other people seeing seeing other people do it, or something different? Well, actually, a very clever lady who was in one of my uh, conferences that we were running after the day three, she came to me and she says, Sally, she says, I, I know what you, you're doing. I, I know what it is. I know what you do. I figured it out. I said, what's that? I thought, what on earth is she going to say? <laughs> and she says, you sell belief. That's what you sell. And she's absolutely spot on because the reason that people believe that they can't do anymore, and we, we and my husband's got a great name for this, it's called the echo chamber. You and, and other people say you're, you're the average of the five people that you surround yourself with. I actually don't believe that's quite right nowadays. I think it's it depends on who you listen to, like listening to your podcast, for example. You're going to be seeing people from all over the world that have achieved amazing things. You know, the, the people that you listen to, the videos that watch, the books that you read, that's where the mindset comes from. And what we do with our events is we present people with Sue, who's added 4 million, Saturn Cam has added 1.3 million, Tom Sohn has added 1.4 million in 12 months. We present them with the stories. We present them with the real people. We train these people how to speak and to share their story so that normal real estate agents can listen to normal real estate agents telling their story, how 12 months ago they had bailiffs at the door and now they're running a 1.4 million pound company with a 48% profit margin in just 12 months. And so the people that are sitting there listening to their echo chamber of everybody else saying, oh, well, you could, that wouldn't work for me. I couldn't do that. It's different in my area. My landlords wouldn't accept that. No, that couldn't work. Have to start opening their eyes. They have to. You can't be faced with that sort of success and still say, no, I don't believe it. So you're saying Tom's a liar and Craig is a liar and Sue's a liar and all these people are liars. They're not liars. Then it's not me telling you, it's them telling you. And so I think in answer to your question that the, our events are very much around belief. It's, it's around, yes, this is what everyone is saying. This can't be done. That can't be done. But here's the people that have done it. And the way to I describe it, I like to think of is the four minute mile. You know, for years, doctors said that the human body would spontaneously combust if we ever went faster than running a mile in four minutes. And so everyone had this excuse for every excuse that we couldn't possibly run faster. It just can't be done. It's not possible. And of course, as soon as one guy ran the four minute mile now, you know, thousands and thousands of people have run the four minute mile. And it's exactly that, you know, there's in every industry, whether it's digital marketing, whether it's real estate, whether it's, you know, whatever it is that you do, there's a belief and and we can attach those beliefs to myths that these things can't be done. Or you can start to consume things like your podcast, read books, explore videos, see the people that are out there doing it and start to open your mind. So that closed mind is the biggest one thing that prevents people from success out of anything. That it's really interesting to hear that. And I noticed with your live events, there's a lot of things around building the culture and the community as well. So you've got like your agent Rainmaker t-shirts and, and you've got like the awards and things like that as well. How important do you think having building that culture and that community is to, to grow in one, your own business and also creating that belief in the others? I think it's really important. Um, it's not not everybody can do it and it's not right for every business um but i i think if you can build a brand around a culture you've got so much more of a stronger business uh it's i'm absolutely passionate about community and pulling the community together and i realized that 
um, in our industry, which is the same in many industries, people just weren't speaking to each other. And I was, I was president of the number one organization for our industry here in the UK for, for three years on the presidential front. And I went to every single networking meeting in the country, at least once, sometimes two or three times. And all I saw was a group of people over there and a group of people over there. People weren't speaking. And when they did speak, it was like, how's business? Oh, it's fantastic. Yes, of course it is. That was fantastic, isn't it? There was no reality. There was no truth. There was no speaking. There was just sharing. And as an industry, we were facing massive legislative, can't say it, legislative change that was going to literally wipe off 20% of our revenue. We needed to come together. So I utilized that as a reason to say, guys, we've got to start talking to each other and we've got to come together as an industry to challenge these changes that are going to really just wipe out so many of us and cause issues for many more. We need to come together. And it was, it was the reason they needed to break down those, again, those mental barriers of, oh, no, I couldn't tell them what I'm doing because if I tell the competitors what I'm doing, they're going to steal all my ideas. Well, come on, we're all doing the same thing. You know, let's start talking. Let's get together. And it's, it's transformed, it's totally transformed the industry and it'll never go back to what it was. So, so yes, I think culture uh, and community are very, very important. And if you can, if you can be the, the person to bring that about, I think that's really quite something cool. And if you can attach it to a mission, a challenge, a change, it will give you that sort of that reason to do it. So I think it, it is great. And yes, of course, we have the swag and the name. I'm an outlier. I'm an agent rainmaker. I make a difference. Uh, all those sort of different things. So we've given them a, a, a vision board, a mission, a, a, you know, a list of things that, you know, what, what an agent rainmaker is all about. And they, they love it. You know, they love the swag and T-shirt guns shooting at them. Very American, but uh, we love it. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's an interesting thing in itself around the fact that you are in the UK, right? So there's, there's a, like you say, there's a lot of, American marketing can be considered maybe sometimes more hypey than, than UK marketing. Have you found the way that you market has, has, has gone per se a little bit more hypey uh, to, to be able to, to build that culture in the community? Or do you actually find that you can market in a different way in the UK than you can to US people? Well, I think um, there's two types of our market. There's those that love us and there's those that don't like us. And when I say don't like us, they just say, oh, I couldn't go in one of Sally's rooms. She'd be making you jump up and down and grab T-shirts being shot at you. And there is an element of that. They will not come in our rooms. That's absolutely fine. Um, So it was a bit of a, it was quite brave to do what we did really, to bring the whole American hype to an event here in the UK. And the real estate agency industry here is quite, it's quite staid as well. You know, it's quite serious and considered. And, you know, I was head of ARLA at the ARLA conference, which has like the um, the housing minister and all those sort of people speaking, you know, ex-politicians and that. To go from that to Agent Rainmaker Live, shooting T-shirt guns and getting them up hyping and holding hands. And, you know, honestly, it was just, this is a, this is a big leap, Paul. This was a very big leap. And um, we knew that people would either love it or hate it. And we had our friends, we had our followers, we had our community, that's what great. And, and to be fair, the Agent Maker Live event every year, it is for our community. It's not for people who don't know us because I think they would have a heart attack if they came in and they didn't know who we were. So it is our community event. Um, and they just loved it. And with, it's interesting because um, 
when you listen to like Tom, the guy that's done 1.4 million in 12 months, he, his first experience of us, his first ever experience of us was Agent Rebecca Live in 2019. So this is big, massive guy, tattoos all down his neck, arrives in a big pink t-shirt. It's a really loud character. This, this is Tom, really loud. He turns up Agent Rebecca Live and we're all going, yeah. <laughs> the music's going and Tosin's got people dancing on the stage, winning swag and all that sort of thing. And Tom's sitting in the back like, I'm not getting involved in this. These <laughs> are mad. <laughs> but day two, something twigged and he said, no, I've just got to go with it. I've just got to just give in and just go with it. And he went with it. That day he made the decision to follow the agent and make a way. And he's now gone from having bailiffs at the door, which is where he was at when he turned to agent alive in November 2019 to now 1.4 million additional revenue in business and 48% profit margin. So it, it paid to let yourself go and have that bit of fun. But there, it's it's interesting because it's not English, it's not British, it's um it's not the way we do things. But I believe it makes it fun, different, exciting. It makes the days pass fast. Nobody falls asleep in our rooms, that's for sure. It just uh, makes it more exciting. We're almost too polite in the in the UK, you know. Instead of just going, hey, let's just you know go go for it. So yeah, uh, <laughs> I I totally agree with that. And what what I've seen you know over the last 12 months a lot of people have gone more virtual uh and i think i i imagine you've had to pivot in your business just talk, talk me through what that pivot was like when you were first kind of like okay i think we're gonna have to really change the strategy here how how did you handle that internally uh and then also like how do you roll out something like that to probably do a big shift in the amount of live events going to virtual uh, well, like if we're talking about the beginning of Corona, it was tough. Um, yeah. I can remember because we're an events company, we're a coaching company. We run around 90 events a year. A lot of them are just smaller events, one day events. We do four day boot camps four times a year. We do three day funnel creation workshops uh, three times a year. We do so many events of different sizes. All of them were physical at hotels. So our hotel bill uh, in 2019 was nearly half a million just in hotel costs, you know, from running events. Um dead stopped you know they can't do that anymore We're like <laughs> panic so the first thing of course was panic and fear and all those things that everybody else had and what the hell and how we're going to cope and we've got a lot of staff to carry here and our income you know was the, was at the point of like well how are we going to generate revenue now we're fortunate because i've been in business 30 years i understand residual income and i think this is for any business owner if you can build a business of residual income into your business it, it will make life so much less scary and so I always built this business with a residual income in mind. So we have a really good bank of high paying clients that are paying us every single month. So we had that. So we went into the whole lockdown thing with a nice, good, solid income every single month coming in, which would keep the basics going. But what I knew was if we didn't keep topping that up as people dropped off at the end of their year, if we didn't keep topping that up, it was slowly going to go down as the year went through. And it was just like, we've got to come up with a plan here. We can't just sit tight. Of course, you start looking at what everyone else is doing. I, I tend to work more with the Americans than I do with the people in the UK. And there's almost a polar opposite here because the people in the UK shut shop. The people in my industry doing events and coaching just seemed to stop. And I was just like, why are they doing that? Because over in America, it was like, hell no, we're going virtual. We're doing virtual summits. We're doing this. So in March, the whole lockdown thing, I think it was the 23rd of March when we had to go home and stay home and stay safe. In April... 
we ran our first summit. So we ran our pivot summit in April and it was an absolute blast. What made it really challenging is Facebook shut down our account at the end of March. So we had this whole summit launch. We had speakers from all over the world and Facebook's went bang, gone. And we were too Facebook heavy on our ads. Uh, So that was a lesson learned. So we certainly learned to live without Facebook from April last year, but we filled that webinar uh, seminar uh, summit. Uh, we filled the summit. Uh, we raised twelve thousand pounds for charity as well, um, which was, you know, uh, talking to the charity this year. We support a charity called Promise Dreams that gives uh, dreams to terminally ill children. And uh, they said if they hadn't have had that money, they would have shut the charity down. It's a small charity, mm. um, so we we did that in in April. But at the same time, I tell you, my stomach was quivering the whole through that period because it was just like I got a ship to run here, and I've got three other businesses as well. It's like ah. <laughs> Yeah, it was crazy, absolutely crazy. But one key thing I think to mention here is that um, we obviously had our own issues that we had to fight off, but we were okay. You know, we're not a hairdresser and we're not a restaurant. You know, we were okay. We could pivot. We could run certain virtual events. And and over the last the last twelve months, we've done we've done ninety events. We we didn't stop anything. We carried everything. We just did it via. We created a virtual studio. We moved offices and created our own virtual office up virtual studio upstairs. We just completely pivoted over the last. So we carried on regardless um but what's really interesting is that um so many people just chose to to stand still and not do that and and it's such a shame but the thing here really brought us together i think was that i had a community to serve and so what we turned ourselves into in march last year was we was almost like the BBC to our industry every single day. Right, guys, furlough. This is what you need to know. This is now you need to do this. Right, okay, guys, this is the big changes. Right, we actually ran webinars on PPE equipment and coronavirus and, and masks and how to do viewings. And, and we created guides on how to keep tenants in payment and all those sort of things. We became the BBC to our industry. We were live almost every single day from our front rooms. We were live almost every single day. It was just a crazy time but the community was saying like how would have got through this without you and stuff like that and that's what it means to be a community influencer and to run a community it's hard work we had to put our own issues to one side and focus on serving our community and focusing on what do they need right now what are they worried about right now how can we help them right now and it's tough because over here you're thinking you're panicking you know you're like a duck with your feet underwater going like got to keep this ship running but i've got to serve my community so we were completely community service driven right through to probably around September time, I think it was, um, it was tough going, Paul. It was tough, but do you know what? It, it, the team pulled together. It was amazing what they managed to do. And then, and then from a leadership standpoint as well, like when, when you first made that initial pivot, was it a, I'm going to be completely open with the team. Hey, I'm scared about what's going forward or, and like, I know it's going to be a big pivot. I can feel, feel it churning in my stomach. Or was it more of a, like, listen, I've got this. We're going to be okay. Uh, here's what's going to happen. Here's the plan. It was a mixture of the two, actually. I mean, I'm, I, I always lead very centrically. So there's no, uh, I'm in charge. You do as yeah, I yeah. Now I know I make the final decision on everything, but at the end of the day, it's like, right, we've got a problem. We used to have what we call war rooms. So mm. we were like, right, war room. And everyone knows what that means. It's like, this is serious. All hands on deck. Think your brain on get your Red Bull, whatever you need to do. We need to figure this out. So we had a lot of war room meetings. Um, I have an amazing senior team here. We had a board of, board of directors here, which oversee all the four companies. They were absolutely phenomenal when it comes to finances and grants and furloughs and business management and everything else. Um, but the marketing team here, they, they were absolutely amazing. And, and 
like for example with the events we had to go from physical events to completely virtual events to even here you know just to completely transform that you know he pretty much did all of that you know and uh, and becky with the videos we've had we had two full-time videographers what the hell are they going to video there's nothing to video you know we're sitting in our bedrooms how she managed to make a whole year of video content is beyond me as i i call it turning a, a sow's ear into a silk purse i mean it was just amazing what she managed to do so each of their individual skill sets really rose to the top. Um, but the way we handled it was like war room guys. Okay, we can't do that thing at the Novotel now. What are we going to do? Well, we could do this, we could do this, we could do that, we could do this. Right, let's try different platforms. We tried Sococo, we tried Zoom, we tried StreamYard, we tried BeLive, we tried every platform known to man out there to, to try and run these events. And what was the other one? Hopping, hopping or hoping or hopping, whatever you call it. That was brilliant. Fun. We did our first summit with that one. And we just tried all these different softwares to trial and trial and trial. We started doing webinars that we'd never done before. So let's do webinars and see if we could do offer webinars or we offer things and sell things. And I'm like, my God, they were amazing. We're like, why have we not done this before? You know, we see. And then, you know, it was just, just phenomenal. And then when we did that live event from a stage in Slough, but, you know, with all the screens all around you with um, people all over the country, that was just phenomenal. So, I mean, we, we tried everything. Uh, I even did a training day from the library at home. So I literally have about one meter square to move all day. There's all this equipment surrounding me around this whole event from the library. It was just madness. It's just been crazy but you know by comparison there's loads of people that have just sat there and done nothing I, I think they're mad you know just just yeah. if you can do something do something just keep going keep trying keep trying different things be prepared to fail and that's for all of us here you know we tried so much stuff and so much stuff didn't work you know but you just move on you just keep you to learn isn't it you've learned from that i'm not going to do that again we're going to do it differently just keep trying new stuff all the time and say fail fail fast yeah you know fail uh, a lot then, as well yeah yeah fail, fail, fail a lot and then you know if, if you win two out of ten times then you're still going to get some, some good winners. So um, I, I love that, Sally. And I think it's a really important message for uh, our listeners. You know, when, when you're hit with adversity, just keep going because you, you'll figure out a way. And like you say, you, you already have the system and the process of in this situation, we don't know the ex exact situation, but in this situation, we're going to open up this war room because that's what happens. And, and, and that's everyone hands on deck. So everyone knew the expectations rather than like, oh, everything's going to be rosy. All, all the time and everything's perfect so uh yeah kudos to you for to making all that stuff where it's at and so <laughs> last 12 months has been mad crazy very very different where where do you think the next five years in marketing is heading oh, i don't think it's ever going to go back to what it was mm. um i mean we, we we love marketing we're passionate about marketing i think it's changed so much i mean for the first I've been totally into social media since 2010 when I first read uh, Gary Vee's book, The Thank You Economy. Uh, and mm. I just read that book and I was like, wow, this is what we've got to do. And I just transformed everything to, to online social media. I was big on Twitter. That was my first platform. Then I became massive on YouTube and then Facebook. And of course, with all the accounts shutting down uh, last year, um, a lot of people are moving away from Facebook and a lot of people are moving back to Google and to YouTube. So we're really pushing Google and YouTube now. And, and But I think the next two to three years, I think it's, it's, it's impossible to say five years, Paul, in marketing, because you, you could be, I've been talking to you by hologram in five years time from the moon or something. Um, but I think in the next certainly year to two years, I think we're going to be going down the road of organic. We're certainly seeing uh, the last 12 months, people have just got a bit bored of just seeing ads and recorded ads and even webinars the numbers are diving down you know compared to what they were 12 months ago 
but what people are really loving is lives and, and organic real time content. And I'm seeing a lot of the major influencers now really focusing on that real life content. Like for example, when launching a product, um, you've got soft launches and pressure launches and things like that. A lot of it now is a, when you're launching products, a lot of it is around live, organic, real time content. So I think, I think the days of just recording a load of stuff and banging it out um, might be okay for people to do a bit of research on you, but they're really good. What's going to make them act or to sign up or click here or opt in or download or any of those things seems to be real live organic traffic. So I think the future is going to be about uh, using the affiliate army, you know, really connecting with other influencers and other people, the same audiences as you, lots of lives, having shows, having reasons to go live, doing what you were doing here with the podcast, that sort of stuff. That's really, I think, where the next few years are going to go. I think the older uh, Hootsuite and the automatic scheduling thing, I think it's had its day. <laughs> yeah, you know, we, we, we're we all about conversational commerce. So, you know, building those relationships and creating a, a human-like experience, but also a human experience. So I I can, I can see what you, you're saying there around the organic. Do you think that like the way people are having sales conversations as well is, is, is starting to change? So rather than it be just like you say a webinar and then straight to yeah cool I go to an order page it's more like people like want to have that one-on-one conversation with people but maybe in more of a social selling over over text and things like that rather than just uh I don't want to get in a sales call because someone will pitch me on something you're absolutely right yeah I mean a lot of them are pushing now to like schedule calls you know over to Sabri Subi I mean he's he's been doing the schedule calls for some time uh, we've been doing schedule calls now for some time. So you go to a webinar, you push to a schedule call and you serve, you serve first, you know, so you serve on their particular issues. So if you've got issues around marketing or issues around business or anything like that, or staff issues or whatever, you solve the problems first and then you let them know of the opportunities that are out there. So um, I think, yes, absolutely right. I think it is definitely turning into a conversational cell. Uh, also, you've probably heard about conversion conversations. That's a big thing now mm-hmm. uh, in relation to messenger chat and getting people into conversations conversations and converting that way using groups facebook groups and opening doors opening conversations that way so yeah conversational selling is definitely the way forward the old style um you know the heavy hard sell. yeah if you don't buy from me then then why are you wasting your whole life and all that stuff yeah but um it it certainly has been i think people are becoming very um what's the word they're tuned into it all aren't they they know what you're doing you know they know what you're doing before you do it so i think um they're very aware of am i going to get sold to here the power, the power is now back in the hands of the consumer as opposed to the the advertiser or the business, you know, like, which is a big shift from if you even look from like the, the 50s or the 60s when it was just like you go and put an ad out uh, and then people go, okay, I want to buy it. And they're like, oh, it's limited availability. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, the, the other question that I really want to ask you as well, Sally, is, you know, we have a lot of seven and eight figure entrepreneurs on the show and once you get to a certain level of financial income, then your message or your mission becomes beyond just finances because you're comfortable. So what what do you want to be remembered for when you die? Changing the industry. Um, it's interesting because when I first started my letting agency in 1990, which is 31 mm. years ago, it sounds so ridiculous when I say it, um, I actually wrote a little mission and I had no idea then that what I was going to do now but when I when I wrote it I put to become and remain the best letting agency in the country but to change the industry forever and I don't know why I wrote that at the time or what was going through my head um but it still remains today that my mission is to change the industry because 
I, I love my industry. I've been in it for 30 years. I've been a franchisor, a letting agent, tenancy manager. I run a white label organization. We manage properties for agents all over the UK and now a trainer and a coach. So everything around this industry, I've been involved in it in one way, shape or form or the other. But it was stuck in the doldrums. It was stuck in the old days, doing things that they were doing 30 years ago, still offering free valuations. It's like, come on, you were doing that in the 50s. It's time we come up with something new. So for me, I want to leave this industry communicating and talking to each other, which I've already done that. I want to leave them marketing themselves like proper businesses because so many letting agents just don't do any marketing. So I want to leave this industry with a proper marketing structure, campaign, system, process within their business. And my mission at the moment, Paul, I'm on an operation 50%. It's a bit of a secret mission, so don't tell anyone. Oh, no, it's out of the pocket. <laughs> but it's a little secret mission at the moment that I want to get the industry to being an, a standard 50% profit margin. That's where I want to get this industry to. Now, I know we can do it because we used to be there before. I've already got five of my agents to 50 and 60% profit margin. So I know we can do it. So my mission over the next couple of years is profitability. Because if we can get this industry to a 50% profit margin as standard, at the moment, it's about 10% on average, which is terrible. Uh, If we can get it to 50% as an industry, that will bring a lot of investment into the industry and we'll just really just, you know, really bring the industry up to spec and up to standard and up to speed. So I just want to leave the industry in a better place. The first thing was helping them beat the tendency ban, bring the community together. uh, And now I'm focusing on profitability. So, yeah, I'm not money focused. Personally, I'm not. I don't want a yacht or anything like that. I'm not. You know, I like gardening and walking my dogs. You know, I don't need money for that, you know, but I've got enough. I don't need any more. I could stop work if I wanted to. That's not what this is about. For me, it is it is transforming the industry and the people within it. And, you know, just when so many we've, we've had well over a thousand people say to me, say to us already, you know, you guys, you've changed my life. You've changed my industry. You know, because of you, I'm doing this. And and that's what keeps me fed every day. That's my that's my revenue. That's my money. And that's what keeps me going. So I enjoy it. I love it. That's powerful stuff powerful stuff uh really appreciate that sally and what is one quick win that people can use to amplify their business today the quickest win the quickest win that you can use to amplify your business today is have a power hour every single day you have a power hour there's a boss of the business owner the person in charge of the business you have an hour every day where you challenge yourself and you ask yourself this question paul you say to yourself what's the one thing that i know this business really needs but I haven't done because I'm scared of it, fearful of it, or don't know how to do it. Ask yourself that question because that's the thing that your business needs you to do. So a lot of people, it's like learning to public speak. They've never done that. Oh, I'm not going to do that webinar or I'm not going to do that seminar because I'm scared of public speaking. Well, get over it. I spent £20,000 with a coach here in the UK learning how to public speak. And I'd already spoken on stage at Wembley alongside James Kahn and Alan Sugar, whatever, but I still didn't feel I could do it properly. So I spent, spent a load of money getting better at it. So what is the thing that you need to learn? I I really didn't understand funnels and digital marketing. So I went over and spent literally hundreds of thousands of pounds learning from Russell Brunson how to build funnels. He's the world number one funnel builder. So go and find the best person you can and learn that thing. So ask yourself, what is the thing that you don't know or you're holding your business back? What's your fear? What you're scared of? What do you not manage to learn yet? Find that thing and spend every day an hour doing it. So, right, I'm going to build a funnel or I'm going to run a webinar or I'm going to go live in that group that I'm scared of. I'm going to make that video or I'm going to get some affiliate connections and get them to email their database. Or I'm going to write that book or whatever it is, the thing that you know you should do, but you've got a myth or an excuse or a reason why you've not done it when you've not done it. And the biggest thing that people do is they say, 
I haven't got time. Well, do you know what? We all have time. We just choose to use it as a, an excuse for not doing the things that we really just don't want to do. So challenge that fear in yourself. Look in the mirror hard and fast and say, what are you stopping yourself from doing, Sally? What does this business need you to do? And have you done it? And uh, that will transform your business. If you if you start taking that action, it will transform your business. That That is so powerful. And we we do something similar. So I have a, a mind movie that I'll watch e- each morning, which was actually off the back of another person being on this podcast saying you need to do a mind movie. So I was like, okay. And one of the questions that's in that mind movie that I watch every morning, that says, uh, how can you create leverage today? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I use that as my kind of power question of like, what can I leverage to build the lifestyle business that I want? So when we have kids, I'm spending the time with the kids, not spending all the time working because otherwise what's the point? absolutely yeah we have a uh, one. So, it's called how can i get a pay rise today <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, 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 I use that exactly. with the staff how can i get a pay rise today so people ask me for a pay rise i guess why should i give you a pay rise what have you done to get me a pay rise <laughs> yeah yeah exactly that, that's that's it's got to go in the order uh so, so sally what firstly what seven figure entrepreneur would you nominate to be on the show next and where can people find out more about you Okay, well, me, you can find me anywhere. Um, social media, Facebook is probably the best place. LinkedIn, you can get me on there. Although I do get spammed to death on LinkedIn, as uh, most of us do. Um, so I probably wouldn't see your message if you messaged me. So Facebook's probably the best one. Um, Jeff Mendelssohn, I would I would nominate to, to be on this show. He's part of my, uh, I've got a little community of entrepreneurs. We work together and help each other improve and stuff like that. And Jeff is one of the most giving entrepreneurs I've ever known. Um, he coaches people on how to run podcasts. So it's very relevant to what you do. But when it comes to anything digital marketing or tech space or anything, he's phenomenal. And he's done some coaching for our delegates. He's based in Miami. He's done some virtual coaching for us here. But you know what? If you just need help, he will spend time helping you and serving you. He's just a wonderful human being, phenomenal podcast coach, absolutely phenomenal. He's an amazing guy um but he he would be really super for for this podcast because i think he would just share so many little gems that'd be really useful to the listeners fantastic we'll definitely reach out out to him and sally your website right now as well it's uh, agentrainmakers.co.uk is that correct yeah agentrainmaker.co.uk you'll find loads of videos about crazy events and success stories and all the people i've just been talking about they're all on there as well so and also our youtube channel we have a youtube channel with all the, the success stories on there too fantastic and we'll put all that info in the show notes so you've been listening to the amplify to seven figures podcast with me paul lace and my amazing guest sally lawson so thank you so much for being on the show today remember amplify your business and amplify your life have a great day thanks for listening to the amplify to seven figures podcast to access the show notes episodes and this month's giveaway head over to www.amplifytosevenfigures.com. Remember, amplify your business, amplify Amplify your your life.